I can fit a quick intro in between the dogs and the trains that keep rolling behind me. In this episode of the Circle Up podcast, we are normalizing the conversation that surrounds mental health and mental illness. My good friend who I met in the beginning of my mental health advocacy journey was riding his bike from British Columbia all the way to the East Coast and stopped in in Toronto to give a presentation about how he was raising money and awareness for mental health. And he did that. He raised over $100,000 to raise awareness for mental health advocacy. And he continues to champion this cause and he continues to help normalize this conversation and he continues to impress me. He is the founder of MindCycle. He works full-time with Jack Doror, which is one of the premier and fastest growing youth mental health advocacy charities in Canada. And if you have an interest in learning about mental health, what it is, how to best take care of yourself, how to best be there for others, and the value of not trying to solve your friends and family's problems, but just being a reassuring presence, being someone that can listen, being someone that can give them space to be able to dive deeper into what they're experiencing, then you will get so much value out of this conversation. I know I did. There's tons of gems in it. And I hope that you can take a deep breath with me. Wherever you're listening to this show, arrive in the space and open your mind because this is a valuable conversation. I'm glad I'm, ha- I'm, I'm having these and I'm glad that you're tuning in to better yourself, better your family, and better your communities. Please enjoy this episode with my friend, Ryan Martin. All right, man, typically we would get this show started with a check-in and the check-in's different depending on who is on the show. You've never done your men's weekend before and so we'll do it a little different. We'll do your name, we'll do where you're checking in at on a scale from one to 10, 10 being impeccable. And the check-in question for you, so the audience can get to know you a little bit better, Ryan, is what's your favorite city or town or place you travel to, whether it was to live or to vacation? And I'll start to make it easy and to give you a little time to think about that. Uh, The name's Jonathan Andrews. I'm checking in at a 10. And my favorite place that I've ever visited I would probably say would be a small coastal town at the Caribbean edge of Costa Rica. And the place is called Puerto Viejo. It's like a beach, a beach, like a surfing village. And the people there, man, when you hear Pura Vida and it's like, when you think about like, like totally relaxed, chill vibes, like that is exactly what Puerto Viejo is about. So if you ever get a chance, if the world lets you travel again, to go to the Caribbean coast right near Panama, I highly recommend Puerto Viejo. It's uh, quiet and relaxing and the, the beaches are perfect and the waves are great for surfing so that was my favorite spot that sounds wonderful um yeah Costa Rica is on my list for sure um so name is Ryan Martin um I would say I'm checking in at a eight um uh, and you didn't say where we're checking in from did you I wasn't sure if you said that like physically uh, geographically no, but where are you? <laughs> I'm in Collingwood, Ontario. So nice. migrated, Season's migrated north. Start, dude. Yeah, migrated north from Toronto. Um, and I would say my favorite place would be 
what comes to mind is Tofino in BC. No um, way. Love it. Yeah. My, uh, so we, we may touch on this, but two years ago when I did my cross Canada uh, bike ride, that's where I started and I spent, you know, four or five days there beforehand with my girlfriend and I don't know, just the, the place alone is pretty spectacular, but also just like the starting of like this completely new chapter of my life, mm. which was the ride, everything afterwards. Um, yeah, t- tough to beat that, I would say. I was just in Tofino and I was there with some friends uh, in the middle of July and it was absolutely gorgeous, man. It was super. Yeah. I've, I've never had that experience. Still cold it was, then, though. It, it was, it was freezing. Uh, the, yeah. the, the wetsuit, really. the wetsuit helped, but it wasn't like, I wasn't excited about it. <laughs> Thank God for all those cold showers as consequences on my men's team. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, great, great. Well, if, if anyone's thinking about traveling, uh, don't go to Costa Rica right now, but uh, definitely you know, check check out Tofino for sure. Um, hey, man, appreciate you having been on the yeah. It was five five days. <laughs> Eight out, yo. We got to put in a forty hour work week to get there, but if you're willing to do it, real adventure. And uh, it's not a five day bike ride. No, I wish. From here, it was from two, here to two months. Tofino. Two months. Pretty much two months. Um, two months to get done. to Tofino to Toronto. Yeah, that's what it took me. I mean, everyone's timeline's a little bit different, but it took me sure. two months, which was pretty much like Toronto was halfway through the trip. It was two months and then two months afterwards to get to St. John's, uh, Newfoundland. But yeah, that was just, uh, I mean, going through BC and Vancouver Island was just amazing. Most people have no idea what we're talking about. And uh, yeah. most people are wondering why was Ryan bike riding and why did he go from Tofino to Toronto? So I'd love to discuss that, you know, as a kickoff to this podcast, one of the reasons we're in relation was because you showed up in Toronto one day on this cross country bike ride tour. And we happened to have a mutual friend in Colin Morris. So you showed up at the, at the office at fix and described a little bit about the reasons why you're on this bike ride. And I wanted to read a quote about adversity prior to you telling this story, kind of to, just to set it up and, and frame it, because it's the way I think about adversity. And it's from uh, one of my favorite speakers. And he's a comedian. He's a local guy in Toronto named Jose Peranian, good friend of mine. And he says that the only way out is through. And uh, to me, that just means that like adversity isn't about you know, avoiding it or dodging it, it actually shapes the man you're becoming. And it actually gives you meaning in order to help other people who may be experiencing similar adversity. Um, And so I was wondering, how the hell did you end up riding your bike across Canada? Why is it that mental health is important to you? Well, I mean, lots comes up actually when you talk about those, that quote, um, I mean, to title together, I would say that that first quote of out, moving, move, getting out of something means going through it first. And that is really what that first part of my um, journey was with kind of addressing my mental health struggles. Um, before everything kind of started getting better, uh, I had been dealing with a lot of anxiety for for many years throughout high school and university, um, and then uh, experiencing periods of depression throughout university, and then it call, kind of all peaking to me having this this kind of the the breakdown of my journey, uh, and 
went to the hospital and all that kind of stuff. And then shortly after I was diagnosed with a form of bipolar disorder, bipolar type two. And so, I mean, I, I won't go like too, too much in the detail, but like when that happened, it was just the beginning of so much stigma uh, that I was putting on myself around having bipolar and let alone anxiety and depression. Um, you know, all the therapies and the, the mood disorder medications and just yeah. desperately trying to like make it go away. Um, but that, that, at that point, like I really wasn't trying to move through it. I was just trying to stop it. Mm. Uh, stop, stop the pain, stop the struggles, like stop the thoughts. Um, and so eventually about a year after I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder, which was in, uh, 2018, um, that's when I really decided that this, this is now my time to really share everything that I've been going through. I got to a point where I was feeling a little bit more stable with everything that had been going on mentally and with my struggles. And, uh, I just was ready to own it. Like I was ready to accept it and, um, really start sharing, uh, everything I've been going through to help myself. Like first off was like, I wanted to create a better relationship with my mental struggles with myself, um, yeah. to heal that part of me, but also, you know, help other people just like so many of the mental health advocates out there and people that share their story. Like you really want to help other people who are struggling, give them hope and inspiration. Um, and so, yeah, I did. The big part of that was me deciding that I wanted to share my story. I wanted to couple that with biking across Canada to raise awareness, raise money, um, and just and get my can. story out there as wide as possible. Yeah, and and so that grand, was, man, more than a hundred grand. You're such yeah. a huge, such a huge impact. I'm so excited for you and proud of you. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, um, that was really just the beginning of a whole new phase of moving through it. And, and like, I've never really thought of it as that, but when you, when you mentioned that quote, that's really how I can think about it now is like moving through it means accepting, moving through it means feeling it. it, moving through, yeah, like owning it, accepting it, all acknowledging it, respecting it, um, learning about it and feeling it, getting uncomfortable. And, and, and really like when I started my ride, that was the whole beginning of that chapter. And, and I'm, I, I'll never stop moving through it that doesn't really end for me that's how I think about it but it's moving through it in a, in a healthy way and in a way that's built around self-love and compassion and, and all these much healthier holistic lenses to managing my mental health and, and yeah. mental struggles because you know it's nothing really I, I, I would still say I feel similar pain to what I did before but the the, the tools, the mindset, and yeah. my relationship with myself mm -hmm. is just totally different where it makes everything so much more manageable. And, um, you know, just, uh, yeah, it, everything's a lot, a lot, a lot healthier now, I would say, even though the pains would be still be similar at times, if that, if that, uh, can make sense. <laughs> it, it does. And one of the questions I have for you is we have, we do a lot of training and education for young people about mental health. And really our goal, a lot of our goal at Jack.org is to shift someone's context, the way you think about mental health, the way you look at mental health. Like I like to think of my finger as the easiest example, like in the context of my body, it's a finger, but in the context of direction, it's up in the context of numbers, it's one. So it depends on how you're looking at 
my hand. <laughs> and so it's like, how are you talking about mental health? How do you think about mental health really impacts your relationship with how it shows up in your life. And I'm wondering, you know, when you were going through the struggle, you mentioned a, a breakdown, which is a common uh, word. And uh, I think that's an appropriate yeah. way to describe um, going from maybe healthy or stress mental health to struggling potentially crisis. Can you describe, you know, some of the things that were happening in your life? Because, you know, we talk in our training that, you know, you could have uh, struggle with your mental health, but you could also have a mental illness and mental illness will impact your mental health. And so for those listening that want to learn a little bit more about mental health, what did you learn in the context of what we teach at Jack.org and mental health education about yourself there? During the, during the, um, yeah, during breakdown, that, that, that breakdown. Oh, wow. I mean, during that breakdown, I was going through a lot of things. I was not only bottling up my struggles and not telling anyone. I was, I had habits that were promoting uh, negative mental health for me, which would be uh, alcohol to make myself feel more comfortable in social situations. Mm -hmm. So I was like using alcohol as a coping tool, not in a, a addictive way, but it, like it's, it was happening. Uh, I had recently just uh, broken up with, or my girlfriend, I had broken up after two and a half years and she had started seeing someone, which was yeah, just a huge trigger for me. Yeah. So that was like a huge trigger that I wasn't even really aware of and how deeply it was affecting my mental mm -hmm. health. Um, I just finished school, like university. So there's all these like things that are moving. Um, so yeah, I think from that, I probably took away, like, there's just like, it's so important for me to be mindful of all the different moving parts that can affect my, uh, my mental wellness, my mental health. And it's easier to look back in hindsight, understand those things that affected your mental health that contributed to a breakdown or any sort yeah. of mental state. But uh, for me, it's just like, a, it was a real uh, <laughs> kick in the ass to be like, all right, like, what are those things that affect me? Like, it's not so simple. Like, it's not just sleep sometimes. It's not just a breakup, but there are all these they things working together. Intertwine. Kind of, you know, you can create that kind of perfect, perfect storm. Whether it is a full-on breakdown or it's just like a, a less severe mental state, like, there's, there can always be more factors than just one. Yeah. So it's good to be mindful of it. And that's, that's probably the big takeaway I took from that. Yeah, I appreciate you exploring that a little bit deeper and giving us some some more context because there's a lot of people that are listening and they're thinking to themselves you know am i just stressed am i struggling a lot of them are asking so do i even have mental health and the answer is yes you have mental health um, right and so in the same way that you would have physical health everybody has mental health and whether you struggle or not is dependent on day to day and what's happening in your life but as you were describing there was all sorts of elements that were that were intertwined impacting your mental state. And so now today, it's clear to me, just based off, you know, all the conversations you have, you're such a phenomenal role model um, for, for those that are struggling. And you're such a strong masculine presence in my eyes of, uh, you know, who I can be as a man as a result of who you're being, Ryan. And so it's clear that what you were experiencing there and the way you were thinking about yourself, the way you're thinking about your life, what you're going through is very different than what you're thinking about today. And I, and I want to attribute that potentially to a couple of things, but maybe you could, you could give us the, the real, the, the real details um, for yourself. The one you mentioned was not having an outlet, right? Mm -hmm. Not having an outlet for self-expression. That was the very first one you explained. Um, and so can we dive a little bit more into that? Because really that's what this 
I like to think about, um, you know, I talk about circle up as being, you know, about the man you've always wanted to be and moving towards that. But at the end of the day, it really is about community and it doesn't matter mm. if, um, it doesn't matter if men are participating in circle up or every man or another men's community or another community, they serve a similar purpose. So I'm just wondering that first element, which is I didn't have anywhere to express myself. How has that changed in your life and uh, how has that impacted you? Yeah, like going back to that time, it, uh, you know, I didn't have anyone I felt comfortable with. I didn't know how to communicate how I was feeling. That's really the first challenge when you want to talk to people. Like it's hard to communicate the mess in, in my head. And so I didn't know how to communicate how I was feeling. I felt really terrified to, to do it because I didn't necessarily feel like I could trust someone to like create that safe place for me and like understand a situation because that probably wouldn't have been possible. <laughs> no one's going to think exactly what I feel. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I wasn't talking about it whatsoever. But then over time, that, that breakdown, I talked about my two best friends in the car when I, when I broke down with them. And I talked to my parents and then I talked to the doctor. And the more times I started saying the words to my, out loud, like I have been dealing with anxiety, I think, or I've been feeling suicidal at times, or I've been feeling really down at times, or everywhere in between you kind of like flex that muscle that kind of like pushes past like your internal stigma with yourself around those words. Yeah. Um, and so the more I did that, the more comfortable I got and the more people uh, I told, but that doesn't mean I necessarily had like a good support system right off the bat. You know, the, the good support system comes from a much deeper place of trust and um, safety, I think would be the word. Um, and that is so rare, especially with, with mental health, um, because I think when if I were to open up to someone, I think it's almost human nature for them to want to make it go away and solve the problem. And if that's the most common approach for people when I, when I talk about how I'm feeling, it's, it's just really not what I need in those situations. So over the past three years, I've slowly built like a group of people um, that really know how to create that space for me to open up. And that space really just kind of looks like, you know, letting me speak and, and not trying to make the problem or pain go away, just really trying to be there as, yeah. as you know lots about uh, for me. Um, and so I would say now uh, what that looks like for me is I mean, I have a few like really big go-tos with people I can call no matter how I'm feeling and they can do a pretty good job for the most part just listening. Um, first would be my mom. First would, second would be my girlfriend. And then some of the big other ones would be the guys that are in my men's group because that men's group is really based around not problem solving and just hearing, hearing people out. Um, and the people that do that best are the ones that I want to go talk to because that's what I need in that situation. I don't want someone to be like, well, have you tried to go to therapy? Because it is, I don't want, although I don't like what I'm feeling that moment, I don't want them to try and fix it for me. I just want to be heard because that's such a hard thing. Um, it's such a rare thing to happen this day and age, probably ever for people to have the space to be heard and not interrupted and not judged, not criticized and not trying to be something to be solved. It's just so rare. People that can create that space are the people that will be, will be used as, as a support. Um, so yeah, for me, I don't have a lot of people, but 
I have some great people and that's pretty much all that matters for me. Yeah. Appreciate you. Appreciate you taking that. It sounds like a kind of a two pronged approach, which is number one, I need some language to be able to describe what I'm experiencing. And until you've spoken the words or until you've done some education and mental health training, like, I mean, you and I are very fortunate. We hang out with a lot of people in the mental health space. You're, you work at jack.org. Um, one of the, the fastest growing charities in the mental health space and they just do phenomenal training. And so we have that luxury of being part of that community. So their language is kind of our language and that's not common. And so if you were to go speak to a friend, um, you know, if you were to say anxiety, depression, you know, that could carry a lot of stigma. Whereas in our communities, it, you know, it, it's, it's natural, it's natural for you to experience that. And so, you know, I'll totally hear you out. Yeah. And that's, that's huge just to hear people out, just to, just to listen. It's so hard though, you know, all the time, you know, whoever it is can call me and say something's wrong whenever it does happen. Um, and I always just, and it's not necessarily related to mental health, but I always just want to like fix the problem. Like my sister's car got broken into, I remember like last winter and I just wanted to be like, well, did you do that? Do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And I paused and I was like, wait a minute, like, is that really what she wants right now when she's bawling her eyes out about the situation? Like, probably not. Like, right, like, shut She could probably mouth. figure out, yeah, she could probably figure out to call the CAA. Like, what she may want is just the space to, to, to speak and be heard. And, and, that, and I think it applies not just with mental health. It applies to, like, so many situations. People have things that they're, that they're feeling and that are uncomfortable and that are hurting. Um, just for them to have the, the opportunity to talk and you know in in circle up i know that is something that's that's uh, that's done and my men's group with every man it's done um it's uh, it's so rare but it's just incredibly valuable it's really a skill to especially one-on-one to be comfortable create that space with silence not jump in and try and solve problems and really just listen and, and help them kind of feel through it and dig deeper that's just I think it's one of the most valuable skills as a human skill. Yeah, I think um, on that first point, bethere.org is a resource that was launched by jack.org that really helps you understand how to be there for someone, whether it's yourself or someone else when they're dealing with their mental health. So if, if one of the things you're, you're paying attention to right now is, you know, maybe I don't have the language to be able to communicate what I'm going through, going to be there, checking out some of Jack.org's resources, a really phenomenal place to start. Um, I do want to discuss how to be a better listener and how to create that type of space because that's really our goal at Circle Up. And it's what we encourage mm-hmm. men to do is build relationships like that. Before we go there, is there any other resources that you that you like? I know Be There is a great one. If you wanted to educate yourself or that you found useful to developing your vocabulary around you know, your emotions, self-awareness, Oh, I mean, be there, I think is a great place to start. Other than that, I think it's a lot of trial and error and just being and, and just trying and getting out there. And like, it's more common to, to screw up in those situations than kill it um, because they're always different, different people, different conversations, different seriousness. But ultimately, I think if you can learn a, some of the fundamentals of how to support someone that are outlined in be there.org, the, the, golden, the five golden rules, um, it's a good place to start, but ultimately it's about just listening, um, not jumping in to problem solve or, or come off as the, 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 the solver of problems, 
um, and and just really just giving that person love and space to to feel and speak. And if you can do that, you're you're doing way more uh, good than than bad. Yeah, I, I like to think of, uh, I was reading a book um, called The Denial of Death. It's by a guy named Ernest Beckard. And he, his basic premise, have you ever heard of it? That uh, sounds interesting, no. Yeah, his, his, it's really hard to read. It takes a long time. I've, I mean, I've read some books <laughs> where it's like, I picked up Shantaram, which is a 900-page uh, fiction novel, and I literally read it in two weeks, and I've been reading uh, Ernest Beckard's. I'm not doing a very good job advertising. And I, it took me like three months to get halfway through it um, just because you can only really get one page at a time. One of the big takeaways from that book talks about neuroticism and it, it, it talks about how if someone doesn't have an outlet for communicating what's happening in between their ears, it becomes this like, um, it, it, it's not reality, right? It's actually just an illusion. It's a story that they're telling themselves and it keeps it keeps reverberating in this chamber of their head. And until you express it out, it gets louder and louder in these voices, but it's not necessarily real life until you've communicated in the space where um, other people can acknowledge. And so anxiety, a lot of times he was describing is just this neuroticism where people have thoughts and ideas and they do not communicate them or they don't communicate them in a way that people understand. And so I highly recommend if you're experiencing anxiety, which typically comes in the form of, um, you're talking to yourself about things you're afraid of, communicate them to somebody who cares about you or communicate to them in a safe space. And that's really what circle club is about. And it's what uh, uh, every man's about. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Just word vomiting sometimes. That's really it, man. A lot of times the anxiety is like this pressure cooker and you need to, you need to let it unlock it. So it doesn't blow up. Yeah. That's uh, on that note. I just learned something recently. It's kind of like, framework of expression really resonate with me and um, pretty much there's what it says is there's four levels of expression as in like expressing something that's inside of you sure. to outside in some way so uh, the, the first and least expressive option would be to write to oneself mm -hmm. so I'm writing to myself how I feel for example when you bring it to mental health and journaling is a perfect example of that second level is expressing so expressing by writing to self, second level is expressing uh, verbally to self. So this could be like looking in the mirror and like talking to myself about how I'm feeling. And yeah, almost like, like an that, affirmation. It's, it, right. But like, it could just be like, I'm hurting right now. Just, I'm really hurting. Like I'm feeling anxious about this. Just like it. getting it out of your head and that next level. And then the next level is expressing verbally to other. So mm. finding a person talking to. And then the last level is expression really to others so it could be a couple of people or a group or a family and the further you go down that ladder the more impactful the expression really is in terms of getting that um that mess that uh, illusion the messy illusion out of your head and into the real world because i think a lot of times when you make that leap into the real world things are a little bit more manageable because mm -hmm. when it's kept in our head it's just like this bouncing ball going around this you know Little area yeah but it's scary it's it's it feels real all these things but when you start expressing how you're feeling um it's amazing how that relieves the pressure a little bit from your yeah. head even just a little bit um and makes it more tangible more real and more actionable to do something about it yeah, yeah and, I, and i i couldn't agree more it's it's knowing that i have the capacity to have anxiety 
um, takes a lot of the edge and the pressure off because it's 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 a it's very natural. It's something that virtually right. everyone experiences. Now, do you have to struggle with your mental health? Um, no. Can you and and will you? It's possible. And so that's why we talk mm -hmm. about some coping mechanisms and strategies, like as an example, having a place to express it. I'm wondering, besides that, how has just before we move on into into the last element of the show here, how has um, you, you talked about an element of expression. How has physical health and taking care of your body impacted your mental health? Because I know you you rode your bike across Canada, and so mind cycle. There's such a clear defining link between the two. Have you thought about that yourself and how important taking care of your body is for your mental health? Yeah, I would say physical activity. Just to like generalize that into that, you know, those two words would be just one tool in a big toolbox of managing mental wellness, mental health. Uh, for some people, it could be way more important than others. For me, it's very important. But if I work out every day, it's not going to guarantee that I'm at 10 out of 10 in the yeah. check-in every single day. It's something that will contribute to the foundation of mental wellness Got it. Uh, sustainably. So I know that if I exercise too much, too often, too intensely, I actually will start cause stress natively. I, I will start going into like a poor mental health. Like I can go into a pretty deep low, which happened many times on my bike ride when I was just overexhausted. Mm. Um, and so it's definitely like a balance and not enough exercise. I start feeling really crappy about my body and myself. Uh, I'm trying to be trying to be compassionate while that's happening but ultimately I start feeling like a bit of a marshmallow and it takes a toll on my mental health so it's just this balance but I would say the the main theme with physical activity is that it's a really important tool but ultimately it's just one piece one. of the entire toolbox for how we take care of ourselves and it will be more important uh, than one person to another but it's I think it's it's critical I mean it's pretty clear like all the <laughs> research and studies and everything and and all the work out there that's done to prove that physical activity is important for mental health just figuring out what works for you but what actually doesn't push you past that threshold that i experienced with my bike ride and i still do sometimes but not not too little that you actually don't reap the benefits of it so it's just mm -hmm. finding your kind of your um your range of what works for you and and um but appreciating that's not the only thing that you should be doing to feel good. It's it's more of a thing. Yeah, Tim Harris, uh, Tim Harris, Tim Ferris in the Ferris. in the four hour work week talks about use stress versus distress. Use stress being stimulus that causes stress that helps you grow and get stronger, and distress breaking down. And so there definitely is a, a striking balance for sure. Right. Um, totally. I also I also love that you continue to come back to there's no one way to take care of yourself. There's no one tool that's going to be the be all end all. You have a, a tool belt. Uh, the more you know about yourself, so the more self-awareness that we have, the better we're able to take care of ourselves. Because what works for me isn't necessarily going to work for you. Like as an example, um, you know, taking psychedelics um, is something that's very powerful as a tool for me to take care of my mental health, where a lot of other people would think that that is a terrible idea. Um, and it can be a bad idea for some people, but for me and everything I know about psychedelics and for the purposes of how I use it, it's one of the most important tools that I use along with exercise, meditation, reading, being part of men's communities, living my purpose. It's one of them. 
And so, uh, you know, I just appreciate you being open-minded to there's not necessarily one way and uh, we can find and explore the different tools that are going to work for us. Yeah, I actually just want to like, expand on one thing you said around the awareness. Like, I think that awareness, you know, you talk about all your toolbox, all your different strategies for like making us feel better mentally. But like, ultimately, if you're not committed to constantly growing your awareness of what are your triggers, like what are the cues that tell you you're in a spot or a different spot, and what are your tools, and just constantly, you know, uh, owning that learning mindset to like always be learning what's working and what's not what, what can I try what else is out there so that I'm more aware of everything related to do with my mental wellness and it's always going to be growing if I'm willing to learn learn from the discomfort learn from the pain learn from the, the successes and just constantly building that awareness of all things related to my mental wellness or mental health or mental illness um, I think that when I look back on on my life that's just an absolutely crucial part of, of of my journey and the rest of my life like the more aware i am the more equipped i am to manage more situations and bounce back faster and sustain positive mental health longer um and, and just take care of myself you know and all and work and relationships like it's awareness is is key and it's exciting because that never stops growing like or if we commit to always learning being real with ourselves being vulnerable not running from pain, moving through it, that awareness is only going to grow. And I think that's just truly like a fundamental piece for long-term mental, positive mental wellness. It reminds me of a, a saying we have in our men's team, which is everything, everything, everything that transpires in my life reveals something about me as a man, me in relationships and me as a leader. So it's just, pay, it's just paying attention to um, what's happening in my life, how I'm showing up and, what different stimulus is due to to who I'm being. We won't be a, there's no way I can be aware of everything right now that I will be a year from now. But all I need to focus on is what is coming into my awareness right now. How do I own that respect and hold on to it and learn from it? And that'll just keep growing over time. Like the things that I'm aware of right now with mental health are so much bigger than I was when I started off university. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's like seven years ago or whatever. Um, It's just, you know, we may not know everything right away. That's not possible. But as long as we just keep plugging away, um, I think that's just such a huge pillar of, of managing mental health. just wanted to emphasize that. I've never really put that together really in a clear way like that. So I appreciate you uh, kind of prompting that. But that's sure. a message that I feel very, very uh, excited about. Yeah, this is that's what the podcast is for. And I'll make sure to clip that out so you can re-listen to it. Um, and keep refining yeah, that, yeah. keep refining that philosophy, keep refining that idea. Actually, my roommate and I, um, total goofball, Ian Gabriel, he and I are planning on starting a podcast called Half Baked Amigos, and it's basically where we can just share half baked ideas, ideas that aren't fully formed yet, and that we aren't necessarily prepared to go out on stage in front of 800 people and share, but we can just shoot the shit and. Um, work through them, comb through them, and uh, make them more refined over time using the, the podcast. So let me get that to you, dude. Um, I just think that yeah, yeah, please do. The, the best way to round off the show is to play a quick game with you if you're open to that. Shake things up, change the energy a little bit, and then we'll, we'll close off talking about uh, two of your buddies, Aaron and Matt, if you're open to that. Because um, I'd love yeah, yeah, to know 100%. who they're being as men 
that has allowed you to uh, continue to grow. And that's really the theme of Circle Up is who's the man you've always wanted to be um, and helping you to step into that. So I'm always interested in who's being a role model for the men that I look mm -hmm. up to because it's, it's likely that A, I want to get to know them because they'd be a good influence on me. And B, even if I don't know them that well, I can steal all their good stuff. So um, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, the game is super straightforward. All I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you as many questions as you can answer in 60 seconds. Okay. And at the very end, we're going to tally up how many you answered, and there's going to be an opportunity to double your score. Um, so keeping that okay. in mind, the highest score that we've accomplished so far is uh, 22 points. And uh, really, the only goal is to answer the questions as fast as you can. And uh, try to, yeah, it's just, you know, whatever makes sense based off the question. Sure. And uh, to try to stay employable, don't say anything that's going to get us in trouble, man. <laughs> How's that sound? Sounds great. Let's okay, cool. Man. So I will start the clock as soon as you are done uh, answering, as soon as I've asked the first question. And if you are ready, I will get started. I'm good to go. Favorite day of the week? Thursday. Are you more likely to ask for permission or forgiveness? Permission. Mountain, beach, or forest? Mountain. Forest. Have you ever, forest, okay. Have you ever locked yourself out of your car? No. Have you ever been punched in the face? Yes. Have you ever punched someone in the face? No. Who's someone that inspires you? Aaron. Aaron. And we'll discuss him. Uh, favorite video game now or growing up? Mario Kart. Mario Kart. First female celebrity crush if you had one? Mm, uh, Britney Spears. Britney Spears. Most impactful or favorite book? Um... Oh man, I'm having a complete mind blank. Um, Victor Victor Stoll or whatever his name is. Victor oh, Frankel, uh, Man Search for yeah. Meaning. Man Search for Meaning. Nice. All right, you got that's the uh, last one right under the wire there. Okay, you did pretty good, man. <laughs> you got one, two, fun. three, four, five, six, eight. seven. Yeah, you got eight, and uh, you have a chance to double it to get sixteen points. That'll put you in second if you're open to it. Oh, cool. Let's do it. All you have to do to double your points is uh, to sing either of these two songs on the podcast. I can't. Or... I can't. I just can't. I just can't. I, 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 just, I literally can't sing or, or, so or like piece together the lyrics. That's so I, if I could, I would. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Um, or uh, or uh, what was the other one? Yeah, twinkle, twinkle, little star. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't, <laughs> I, I don't know the lyrics. Buddy, I, it, we're, we're leaving that, at eight points, bro. It's all good. <laughs> I, I wish I could. Honestly, it's something that I like, I just don't get. Like, I can't even sing O Canada. Like, I can't, I can't put together lyrics. Like, it's something that I have a hard time with. And I'm not going to say I can't. Sorry, I did. But I have a hard <laughs> time doing it to the point where I can't. <laughs> it's all good, man. Yeah. No sweat. Um, no sweat, dude. Eight, eight points, eight, eight points ain't the, the end of the world. Okay.
Eight that. points on the random game that Jonathan made up <laughs> that has no significant yeah, yeah. No meaning. It, yeah. I'll take it. I'm happy. All good, man. All good. And we'll um I'll have to teach you some of the lyrics. It's it's interesting. I you know, I find I really even if I listen to a song a lot, it doesn't really have a lot to do with whether I remember the lyrics or not. It typically has to do with um kind of like a, a point in time in my life. Um and that the, 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 the songs that I listen to when I work out or for whatever reason, even though I'm not singing them out loud, the ones that I remember the lyrics to, cause I'm like grinding. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think when I hear a song, I'm more aware of like how I'm feeling because of it. Hmm. And interesting. The, the words just don't really. Yeah. Like I, yeah, like I, when I learn, when I listen to songs, especially songs I've listened to for a long time, I like really, you know, I connect with how it's making me feel. Yeah, you get that nostalgia, nostalgia factor. Yeah, or even a new song. It's like well, it's just like this, you know, like a it's, it's a new great song. Like it's like wow, like amazing sensation. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's just an excuse for a, a bad. Memory. <laughs> you got a bad memory, dude. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's all, it's all good, dude. Uh, maybe I'll send you some instrumentals you might like because the, I found for a long time, uh, even when friends and I were listening to like the same songs and then all of a sudden the next time I saw them, they were singing the lyrics and I was like, how'd you remember that? And he's like, well, it's pretty obvious. And I was like, I was paying attention to the beat. And I was paying attention to the rhythm and I was like kind of like listening to the elements, like some of like the, the boots and cats and boots and cats and like the, the different yes. background jingles and stuff. So Yes, yes, yes. Um, that said, I wonder if, I wonder if Aaron or, uh, or Matt are, are any good at remembering lyrics. If, if you were, if you oh, were to Matt describe a phenomenal guitar player. Oh yeah. Singer. Yeah. Cool. He's someone that I definitely want to get to know because I've been practicing my guitar and I'm not very good at it, oh, nice. but, uh, it's, it's fun. So, um, the reason I'm asking about these two is because you mentioned there's someone that inspires you and yeah. in our men's circle, we have a, uh, a tenant of our code called be an example for children. And I know they're not being an example for a children in your case or a child in your case, but they are being an example. And whether it's positive or negative, we're always leaving an impression wherever we go. And so I'm a big believer of getting better so that my environment's better and putting myself in better environments so that I'm better. And, mm, and nice. so for you, for you, it sounds like those two do that for you. Can you tell me a little bit about either one of them? Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, even just before our conversation today, I was thinking about what they mean to me, I think, and what they do for me. I think that's probably how I'd describe them. Um, so they're both part of the men's group I'm in, which is called Everyman. So we meet once a week or used to, and we're just kind of, like kind of casually in touch now just because we're not all together physically in the city. But mm. uh, Matt, what he does for me is he allows me to feel uh, in a way, in a, in a way that I just cannot access on my own, mm. uh, especially not with other people, uh, other than him. So, you know, for example, like in the group, we're all sitting in a circle and we all kind of have 10, 15 minutes to kind of share what we're, what's on our mind or what our response to a prompt question or just an update what's going on in a, in a meaningful way. And he, what he does, like, what stands out for me is like, he'll see me just kind of spiraling off, you know, t start telling a the story of how I'm feeling sure. rather than what I'm actually feeling. And he'll just pause me, grab me. He'll, you know, we'll stand up. He'll put his, 
his hand on my chest or get someone else to put their hand on my chest and just really forced me to slow down and tap into what the hell I'm actually feeling right mm-hmm. now at the most basic level. Uh, and then from there, it's you know, by creating that space, which is such a rare and delicate space, once it's created, um, he's able to just allow me to move, move through it and on my own terms without his kind of guidance. Um, and just explore it to really check in with myself, understand where I'm at. And I think that is just such an incredible tool or a skill. Like it's just, dude, that's so fucking powerful. Amazing. Yeah. Like he, like the, the stuff that we do together, you know, where he'll get someone who I really trust in the group to go behind me, put my his hand on my shoulder, just one arm, one, one hand on one shoulder. And Matt will be in front of me. We'll both have hands on each other's chest and he'll be walking me through how I feel. And one time it was, it came up that I really felt like my whole childhood, I was really feeling really small, not physically, but just small as in presence. Mm-hmm. And I still still feel that way. Um, and it came up that I really didn't feel like I had a voice. I felt mm-hmm. small. And, it, and because of that, I didn't feel like I had a voice to share, to stand up for myself to to prove a point or whatever it is so that came up one time and he got me standing up and all the guys in the group were behind me and had their hands on my on my shoulders and Matt was in front of me and we had our hands on each other's hearts looking each other dead in the eyes and he said Ryan I want you to say that you have a voice and I and I and he gave it to me and it was my turn to speak or whatever and I couldn't say it I literally could not say that my name is Ryan my name is Ryan and I have a voice. I couldn't say it. And he just walks me through it and walks me through it. And after like 10 minutes, I was able to just get it out almost laughing. But that, that night has changed that part of my life uh, in a way that is irreversible. Even if it does kind of get transformation you know, affected. Yeah. I mean, every morning now I say that in my morning routine, I am Ryan and I have a voice. My voice matters. My voice cool. is important. And like, you know, he created that space to dive into that, which is just unreal. I mean, so I would say Matt is a good creator of space. And that's what he gives me. There's so much, there's so the, the richness in, um, you know, that how much tension must have been in that room. Like I can literally feel that room right now. We're really uncomfortable. People were, people were very uncomfortable. Like yeah. we talked about it after. Yeah, man. And like in, in between men too, like having a man's hand on your chest while you look him in the eye and he's trying to walk you through processing the emotions you're experiencing. Like the, there, there's very few things that men would probably rather do than that. Like I, like I may, I may rather really injure myself or, you know, stub my toe or fall off my bike or like break an arm before I would do that. And, um, know not me personally but i'm saying you know in terms of being confronted as a man with my emotions and knowing without a shadow of a doubt that this man cares about me he gives a shit he's investing in me that's a real that's a real powerful experience and not many men um, experience that and not very men have the leadership capacity to create that environment where it does feel safe it's so rare um yeah but I'll, 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 uh, I don't want to forget about Aaron. So Aaron's also. Screw him, man. He, <laughs> yeah. Well, I wasn't sure no, if you wanted to just no, move through, but 
it's worth uh, it's worth sharing. So definitely, Aaron's yeah. Also tell, in, tell my, Aaron. in my men's group, yeah, he's also in my men's group, um, and he plays a different role. He's not as he, what he does for me is he asks questions that force you to go deep, um, mm. and and really think about where you're at with things. So, um, perfect example is. I'll ask you questions like you'll say something and it'll say like, what does that mean to you? Or what would that look like? Or, um, I mean, those are, those are huge ones. I don't want to discredit that, those. So like, that makes if, sense you say, because if you say, if you say, well, if I didn't talk, you know, a guy hasn't talked about their marriage and you know, they're struggling in their marriage and he's, and he's talking about this and this, and he needs to do this. He's like, well, what would that look like? And that's like, what would that actually look like if you were to show up and do that and put someone on the spot like that? It's like, whoa, well now I actually have to like think about <laughs> the actionable pieces of this, like what it will actually look like tomorrow when I wake up with my wife and I'm in the kitchen. Um, and what does that mean to you? Like, why is that important? And it's, and it's like, the, the way he asks questions, I've learned so much from, it's like, they're always questions that make people pause first and then answer rather than just being like, and if you just answer off like on a whim, he'll ask you again because it's clearly not going to the depth that you need to you need to be at to tap into that part of you. So he he is an incredible question asker. What a great nuance because we were talking earlier in the show about not needing advice from someone when we're when we're telling um, them about what we're experiencing, and instead having someone who's actively listening and going further, which is helping us explore the experience we're having rather than stifling it and rather than trying to stop it by giving us advice. He's, he's actually saying, you know, tell me more about that. What does that look like to you? Um, what would that look like? I yeah. think that's powerful leadership. Yeah, 100%. So those are two really big influences in my life that I've learned a lot from and have affected me in huge ways. Yeah, great, great tag team there. And kudos to your men's circle for creating an environment like that. I think for those listening that are interested in my book, um, I'm writing about Circle Up and about the programming that we do. I mentioned every man multiple times. Um, I think that their technology and their methods are phenomenal. Um, you mentioned slowing down. And that was one of the really big things that came to me when you were talking about Matt. Um, he, you know, in order for him to put his hand on your chest and to, to be eye to eye with you, you guys need to slow down. Mm-hmm. right and really really enter and arrive in the space that you're at so that's one element you're 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 slowing down you're giving people the space to share and then you're asking them to go a little bit deeper into it but i mean that's that's powerful stuff it is powerful stuff it's it's uh, truly something that i would love for every man and person to have because it's just that's where really like authentic uh, change happens from a place where it's intrinsically motivated. Like you want to mm-hmm. do it because you've tapped into the space that you have the opportunity to just be like, okay, I want to do something with this. And it's so rare for that to happen. So often it's just like, Oh, someone's like, do this thing, like go to therapy, do this. But no, like when you create space, you see so deep in yourself and what you're at, where you're actually at with things. And then people ask you the right questions then you can start figuring out what that actually looked like for you to do something about it. And I mean, 
that type of work, the men's work that we do, has been the biggest uh, transformation in my whole journey in terms of how I think about myself and my life and my wellness. Like it brings mental struggles from like everything to just a piece of my life. Like I'm so, so much bigger than just my anxiety. Like that's just a part of of what I what I have, what my, what my life is about. Like there's just so many more things. Um, yeah. <laughs> Dan Dottie is one of the founders of Everyman and uh, I reached out to him on Instagram and he replied and said to email him. So I'm, I'm trying my best to get him, uh, you know, connected in some way to learn about how I can do a better job of communicating our programming here at Circle Up because like, man, a lot of the men's communities that I know of get a really bad rap. And when it comes to Everyman, they have just positive reviews coming from every direction. And so, yeah. Um, for those of you thinking about, you know, if you listen to the show, you're likely interested in masculinity, you're likely interested in mental health. I encourage you to come to uh, Circle Up's programs. I also encourage you to check out Everyman's programs. Um, Ryan is a shining example of how the work can transform your life. And so Ryan, I'm glad to see you're making these investments in yourself because it's making a, a positive contribution in the world. Yeah, man, totally. You should definitely reach out to him or email him. We'll do one final question for you as we round out the show. In our men's team, we talk about daily disciplines and it is the actions that we take on a daily basis that are pulling us towards the man we've always wanted to be. Um, if you were to talk about it in the context of daily discipline, that'd be great. But if you want to talk about it in the context of maybe self-care or one of the tools that you use to take care of yourself that's, that's helping to enable you to keep a positive state of mental health, what would you say is the number one thing you're doing right now that's making a contribution uh, that's a good question. I think the biggest thing right now, and it's been going on for the past year, which has been incredibly uh, transformational, I'll use that word again, that's how I described the past couple of years, is creating space for me to hear me. Uh, so in the morning, um, you know, like, it's just amazing for me, like how time can go by. And I just like, like, it just has gone by, but I'm not actually like in tune with like my body and my heart, like what, what's actually going on there. So for me uh, in the morning, just creating space for like me to literally go through a bit of a affirmation meditation where I'm just speaking to myself about like, this is how I'm feeling right now. And then going into, I love talking about how I love myself and how I want to serve. And like just creating that space intimately just with myself is such a, you know, it, within that, there's self-love built into it. Within that, it's meditation. So, like, you have all these tools, but, like, just creating that space with myself uh, is is just is just so important. And when I don't do that, I feel like time's just going by. And I'm not, you know, like, so I think not just, you know, going for a bike ride on my own, but, like, intimate intimate space with myself is um it's just massive and sometimes i'll literally just set my time my, my timer for 30 minutes or 10 minutes whatever i have time for and just close my eyes and just see what happens but that's really where i get grounded and feel like i'm actually with myself and when i do that then i'm operating on my principles then i'm operating on my values then i'm showing off the way i want because i'm actually like aware of me i'm not just living the day-to-day and if I'm grounded with, with me, I walk downstairs in the morning after doing that and I'm like, okay, I'm operating from Ryan 
And what that means is I'm going to love myself for this and this. Like I'm fully operating from my values, my principles, and that's how I want to live. I'm not going to just operate and react day to day. I'm going to create my foundation and operate from that. And that's only created when I create space to, to be with myself and to hear myself. Sounds like it's a sacred uh, morning routine and ritual that sets you up for success, like uh, being very conscious and intentional. And I yeah. respect that. It's something that I, I try to do. And a lot of the, the personal development leaders that I follow, like as an example, Brendan Bouchard, he wrote a book called uh, The Six Habits of High Performers. And one of them is to just be very intentional about who you're going to be going into a given situation. If you know right from the beginning of your day that this is who I need to be, this is who I am, this is how I'm going to show up. I mean, it, there's no way it doesn't permeate and ripple into the other areas totally. of your life. Because you've, you've set the foundation to operate. You're not just operating. And I, I, yeah, I completely agree. It's just so, so important. But it's cool because everybody can make it their own. Like everyone can have totally. a different routine or whatever. Just whatever makes sense for you. You just got to you just got to do it. And I think you can quickly see the benefits of it. And there's been just dozens of gems in this episode. And I think it's going to be one of the heavy hitters when I look at, um, you know, my experience with interviewing people who are mental health experts. Uh, this is going to be one of the big ones that I look back to and, and I look forward to sharing. So thank you for sharing the time and the energy with me tonight. Um, is there any, any last words? I really appreciate you having being on the show, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love when we get to chat, especially when it's longer than just a couple of minutes. Um, I think everything that you guys are doing is just phenomenal. And I think whoever is listening, men or women, to just encourage you to, to, to be aware and be vulnerable and, and start doing the work because that is really when things start to change in a really genuinely positive way. Couldn't have said it better myself. Appreciate you, Ryan.